Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market at Evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I'm by myself. Across from me is a camera and some lights and my computer screen and everyone hanging out with me in the Fed Haters Club right now. Join GML.com. Will probably be the last time we get to hang out this week because, as most of you know, we're heading out to Freedom Fest tomorrow morning, uh, doing as many random interviews as we possibly can. Last time we did a Freedom Fest, we did 28 interviews inside of the two full days that we had there doing interviews. So it was a really busy time and got some great stuff. Talked to, I think... Yeah, we talked to Dave Rubin that time, some some other cool people, some other cool folks that were there. So it should be a good time. I'm going to try. I really want to try and get RFK Jr. on uh, because I've got some specific questions I want to ask him. And by the way, we're going to be mentioning RFK Jr. here in a bit and this little dust up that's happening with Reason and all of the libertarians out there. But first, I wanted to make fun of this poor, poor former State Department employee who's out here giving a press conference I, he's not a former State Department employee yet, but he was talking about the Ukraine war and the state of the war. And uh, let's just, let's actually see what that sounded like. A little bit of a Freudian slip happening, I believe is what they like to call it. A, a few things. So I will say, uh, with respect to your first question, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, the secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. A excuse me. A strategic failure for for Ukraine. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, uh, which is oh, I, I need more than one cor correction today. A strategic. This is the first time at the podium for for a week. I'm a little. I'm apparently a little rusty. A few. <laughs> if it would have just been one time, it wouldn't have been as great. But of course, getting told that he needed to correct himself and then saying the exact same thing again. 
And I believe it was, let me see, I think it was Kim.com there on Twitter uh, that said, this is what happens when you hear behind closed doors how bad the U.S. proxy war is going in Ukraine. That could definitely, I think it's definitely what's happening. They know that this is a massive failure for Ukraine. This is a massive failure for all of the taxpayer dollars that we have given to Ukraine, of which a lot of that, I'm sure, has just been doled out to whoever was the most politically connected. I don't have proof of that. I'm just saying it's it probably happened. Um, this is going to be a failure. For them, for it to be a success, they can keep it going as a forever war for a long time because you get to uh, line a lot of people's pockets when that's going on and, and keep people talking about something uh, over there while they're doing stuff over here. Uh, we'll see. Yes, uh, strategic failure for Ukraine. Oops, I meant it's a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on. I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to keep that job. I hope everything goes well for him, though. I think the next thing, before I get on to the... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll skip over to the Megan Rapino thing right now. Rapino? Rapino? I don't know. I've always said Rapino. Maybe I heard someone from down in Louisiana talking about it. I'm not sure. Um, we have been talking about Megan Rapino since the beginning of this podcast because she's been annoying for that long and even longer. I hadn't, hadn't heard of her until we started doing the show, but apparently she was annoying before that too, from what I can tell. She has long been crusading for equal pay for the women's soccer team, regardless of how much money they bring in regardless of how many less people watch their games, either in the stands or on TV. It doesn't matter. There is a pay disparity between the women's team and the men's team, and that is just because of gender pay inequality. That's, that's all it is. It can't be the fact that they bring in so much less money. And in fact, we've talked about this so many times that I'll be able to put together a nice little clip segment and just make this an entire episode or an entire segment of an episode if I wanted to. But sadly, sadly, she has announced that she's retiring at the end of this season. I know, I know. We're all very, very sad about this fact. I'm actually kind of sad about it because it means she's going to have more time to say dumb stuff. Now, I don't know if that's going to be countered by the fact that she'll be less relevant, that she won't be playing. I'm a little worried that she's going to be out there just giving speeches more. And it kind of scares me. I kind of wish she would keep being worse than men at Sagar for the rest of her life if she could. But anyway, from CNN.com, Megan Rapinoe, Rapinoe says the U.S. has weaponized women's sports against trans people. And they're trying to legislate away people's full humanity. From CNN, be it the issues of LGBTQ plus rights or equal pay, the U.S. women's national team Star Megan Rapino has never been afraid of standing up for what she believes in, no matter how dumb it is. I added some of that. And now on the eve of her final Women's World Cup, Rapino has taken aim at recent policies that aim to ban transgender women from competing in women's sports. Quote, we as a country are trying to legislate away people's full humanity. Another quote, it's particularly frustrating when women's sports is weaponized. Oh, now we care about fairness? Now we care about women's sports? That's total BS, she says. All right, 
So we've talked about this argument. I can't remember who it was that made it. Maybe it was Corey Bush, I believe, that made this argument, and it was in one of our dumb bleeps. But you can't talk about fairness in women's sports if you don't care about equal pay in women's sports. And of course, what equal pay means is that you get to make way more money than you're actually earning through ticket sales and through advertising dollars. And that's what equal pay is, even if you're earning way less money. Uh, so you can't talk about fairness. You can't say that it's not fair for a man to go play against women when you don't care about equal pay, right? Because those are the same thing. Well, they're actually not the same thing, and that has nothing to do with fairness. In fact, fairness is the women getting paid what they have earned through their ticket sales and through their advertising dollars and through the contracts that they have created. That is fairness. Unfairness would be paying them more than what they're actually worth or allowing men who are physically dominant and superior to them to come and play against them. That is actually not fair either. In what way is taking more money than you have earned deemed to be fairness these days? Uh, it's not. And so, Megan, good riddance to you. Uh, she also says, by the way, that she, she doesn't care if men come and play soccer against the women. Doesn't care. Of course, now that she's retiring, uh, she's not going to have to worry about it. By the way, if men were just playing women's soccer there's a good chance she wouldn't even have a job because even if she is one of the better players or used to be, I don't really know how good she is. She's good at talking and having different colored hair. Um, she wouldn't even make the team if it were just all men or trans women trying out because she wouldn't be as good as any of them. And that's just a fact of life. I'm sorry about that. All right, let's go. Let's move on from old Megan. Rapino, because we've been talking about her for a long time, and I want to I want to get back to some libertarian infighting happening right now. Reason posted a video, and uh, is about RFK Jr. I wanted to go through some of it. We're not going to watch the entire thing, uh, but we'll watch the last part of it at least. We'll watch the last part of it at least. Um, RFK Jr. is not worthy, this is from Reason, RFK Jr. is not worthy of the rehabilitation tour he's getting from various pundits, podcasters, and tech luminaries. He pushes tabloid quality reporting, and he wildly extrapolates from little grains of truth. The last part of that I actually, um, I actually agree with. I think he does push tabloid quality reporting, and I think he does wildly extrapolate from small grains of truth. I think that that's true. He also could be right about some things. I'm not even saying he's wrong. But he, he, he does have a bias, and he will take small things and extrapolate from those. That, that is true. Now, is he not worthy of the real rehabilitation tour he's getting? Uh, I don't know. Uh, if it's what people want to hear. Uh, and what do you mean by rehabilitation? The guy just goes out there and says what he thinks about things. I don't really think he needs to rehabilitate that. Um, now, when it comes to libertarians and RFK Jr., I've got a little bit more of an issue with it. I'm sorry. He's not someone that I can even consider. Number one, he's not a libertarian, and I don't mean that he's not a real libertarian or he's not a, he's not a pure enough libertarian or he's not perfect. He's bad on this one thing. You know, he doesn't want to take away taxes. He wants them to be 
12% instead or a flat tax or something like that. No, I mean, he's literally not a libertarian and he's not a conservative either. I'm not sure what he is. He's kind of an old school Democrat, old school liberal, I guess. Unfortunately for RFK Jr., unfortunately for me and my vote, potential vote towards him, I think he's right on a lot of things. I think he, I think we agree on a lot of things. I think he's right for the wrong reasons, though. And that always scares me when people are right for the wrong reasons, because that means that they're not going to do principled things to fix the problems that we agree on. And they could actually leave a structure that's going to be just as bad or worse when they are inevitably gone. And when it comes to RFK, you got to ask, well, who's going to be there after him? What is he going to do to make sure that people are not going to abuse this system after him? And that is what I would like to ask him this week, if I can get a hold of them and have them come by our media booth at Freedom Fest. That is what I want to ask him about. I want to talk about vaccines. I want to talk about all that. I want to know what he's going to do to stop this. If he thinks the CIA is dangerous, if he thinks the FDA is dangerous, big pharma, all of these things, what's he going to do? Because when Joe Rogan asked him about that, he essentially said that we needed to get the right people that wanted the, that had the right goals into those positions, that we need to clean house and put the right people in office or the right people in these bureaucracies. That's not going to, that's not going to do it, folks. That's not it. Trying to get the right people into these positions of power is not it. We're going to have to get rid of the power. Unfortunately, I think he's right for the wrong reasons because um, his dad and his uncle were murdered. And I think he's really upset about the system and the structure that allowed or caused that to happen. And I think he wants to fix that system potentially, or at least clean it up, at least clean house. But I don't think he wants to completely take it down. He just wants to put memorials, more moral superior beans in place is what it sounds like to me let's play some of the video from reason and see uh if y'all can understand why people are so upset with them let me get to the video i want to let's just look through some of the comments rfk jr not worthy of this i uh, already read that to you uh someone says reason has really gone downhill who even is this lady uh let's see uh, Jeremy Kaufman says, ability to be objectively right, but come across as complete weasels. Um, didn't y'all just have him on? Wait, why Why wait a week to put out a hit piece? Um, it's funny when people start talking about, obviously they're being paid by Big Pharma to do this. I don't think that's what's happening. I think it's possible to disagree with RFK Jr. Uh, Dave Smith's comments on this, by the way, he said, it's a really bad move by reason. You just had the guy on. You should have brought up these claims and given him a chance to respond rather than putting out a hit piece a week later. Uh, why is Reason also trying to dis always trying to discredit the anti-establishment candidate? I don't know if they're always trying to do that. Maybe you guys who follow Reason can tell me about that. Okay, he's anti-establishment. I get it. Um, I, I think they're right about a lot of the things in this video, though. I'm sorry. This, these are my problems, and it bothers me that so many libertarians aren't concerned about these things. You know, there's, there are valid criticisms of our, of our pharma slash FDA cabal that we have right now, and the fact that they're 
that there's no liability for these companies. And there's plenty of valid criticism, and we should look into more whether or not there are uh, vaccine-induced injuries. We need to know that. Why are, why are we not seeing commercials for the vaccine that has 10 seconds of someone swinging at a park and then two minutes of all of the ways that this medication could kill you, like we do normal medications? You know, there are problems here. But it doesn't mean that you can always use correlation as causation, which is what RFK Jr. loves to do. And I want to believe all the things that he talks about. I really want to. I think, uh, who just posted this? Um, <laughs> Jeff just posted the, the picture of him shirtless. I think he's doing a great job. You know, he's, he's showing that he's in good shape. You know, you see him. Uh, you see him bench pressing. You saw him doing a backflip off of a boat. You know, stuff like that. He's he's cool. Seems like a cool guy. And I think I think that he is. Uh, I think he truly believes. I think he's sincere in all of these beliefs and all the things that he talks about. Um, I just I don't agree with the way he looks at this issue, looks at the correlation, and then goes so hard on it that this is the only thing that it could possibly be. Because we fight that all the time. We, we always fight it. Now the guy happens to be saying things that we like and we agree with and that attack people that have been uh, attacking us. And so now it's cool to use these things? No. It's not. It's still not for me, even if I like the things that he's saying. All right, I'm going to play some of the video. My main thing I want to play is the last two and a half minutes of the video. Uh, but we'll play a little bit of them talking about his ideas on vaccines. It's podcasters and tech luminaries. He's built a career as a professional contrarian. He pushes tabloid quality reporting and he wildly extrapolates from little grains of truth. He frequently implies that the establishment is corrupt at best, evil at worst, and he winks at the existence of puppet masters pulling the strings of major institutions. His organization, Children's Health Defense, gives opponents of vaccine mandates and government overreach a bad name by lumping us together with anti-vaxxers. That's why most of the polio today, 70% of the polio today is vaccine polio that came from the vaccines. By the way, 80% of the polio cases on earth today, according to the WHO, are vaccine strain polio. That means people got it from vaccinated people. In 2022, Children's Health Defense made the same point in a piece headlined, Polio, why vaccines are to blame for rising number of cases. It claimed that cases have been on the rise globally since 2016, and the resurgence is related to the use of vaccines. Actually, global polio cases fell by 99% between 1988 and 2022, and were extremely close to eradication, thanks to vaccines. What Kennedy said is technically true, but misleading. He is referring to polio spread through untreated sewage by a form of the vaccine that uses live virus. Not only has that version of the vaccine been retired, but it can only cause an outbreak in unvaccinated communities, such as some Hasidic neighborhoods of New York City and outlying areas. For the last 18 years, Kennedy has been a leading figure in the anti-vax movement. My principal objective is that vaccines um, in this, the childhood vaccines are immune from pre-licensing safety testing. Pharmaceutical drugs are now the third biggest killer in America after, um, after heart attacks and cancer. All right, I, I do want to stop it right there for that one. Pharmaceutical drugs are the third biggest killer in America after heart attacks and cancer. 
he says. Now, what would you guys hanging out with me, what would you think that is? Is it people taking their medications uh, like I'm taking mine? Um, could be climate change, be medical malpractice. A lot of people die in hospitals. Man, a lot of people. Um, is that the third highest medical malpractice? It's a lot. It's a shocking amount of people that die uh, from from that. Um, opioids, I believe, is going to be the thing that he is talking about. Pharmaceutical drugs. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what he's talking about. But if what bothered me, because I've heard him use this before, people abusing medications, um, that's... That's not the same thing as the medication killing people. And the problem is, I don't want to defend them. I don't want to defend the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies or uh, them pushing highly addictive drugs and lying about their, uh, their uh, addictiveness or anything like that. Uh, the problem is, it tells me that he's got a really big bias when he words it like that to me. I... I think that there's a lot of personal responsibility that goes into those numbers of people using drugs and it removes people's personal responsibility and places all in pharmaceutical companies, uh, which bothers me when it, when it comes to him. Now, all these other things on vaccines, like I, I don't, I don't care about those things. I think we need to question all of these. Hey, I didn't get my COVID vaccine because I didn't really know what was going on with that thing. All right. And that, that's fine. Maybe some of the information I got came from him. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I didn't trust it because there's no liability and there's no liability for all the other vaccines either. That's not good. I don't like that. Okay. Um, that's something that should be fixed. That would have helped a lot of people. We talked about that at the beginning of this whole COVID thing and the whole vaccine push is that if you wanted to stop people from being so vaccine hesitant, well, then give the company some liability on this. Um, they're not going to do that, uh, but that's how you could have helped. Okay, Charlie did get his microchip. I think he only got the one microchip. I don't think he got the rest of them. Not sure. Um, was it just, do you remember if he ever, anyone remember him getting the second? Did he just go get one shot so he could go to Italy uh, for his <clears throat> super important wedding? scrutiny, even when examined by people who don't have a dog in the fight. So what would RFK Jr. be Here's like as president? Part. part of his appeal, to libertarians at least, is that he's staunchly anti-war and a huge critic of COVID lockdowns and mandates, but he's fundamentally a big government liberal. He supports Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. He favors heavy-handed government intrusion in the realm of environmental policy. He's anti-nuclear energy. He wants pharmaceutical companies to burn in hell. And he seems to believe in an almost Alex Jones-esque dramatized concept of the deep state. He also favors massive wealth redistribution. I, I don't think these huge disparities in wealth are healthy for our country or healthy for democracy. He correctly points out that government and big business have an unholy alliance. The CIA is ultimately working for industry like the oil industry, the coal industry, and the military contractors. I mean, USDA is run by Cargill, Smithfield, um, Monsanto, um, Bo Pilgrim, John Tyson. 
but he doesn't understand that too much regulation is the root cause. He just thinks large companies are inherently bad. He says he's concerned about government spending and throws out wild figures to make his point. We spent 16 trillion on the lockdown. We wasted, got nothing for it. Eight trillion on the Ukraine war. That's 24 trillion. This part I don't think is important, by the way. He just, he messed up. Pay for nothing, in my but opinion. He's actually no better than any establishment Republican or Democrat in his unwillingness to scale back elder care entitlements that are actually responsible for driving the federal government into bankruptcy. I would say it's a red line for me to touch Social Security or Medicaid. What's surreal about libertarians and conservatives now embracing RFK Jr. is that he's publicly fantasized about jailing his political opponents and cracking down on free speech for years. At the People's Climate March in 2014, Kennedy said this. Oh, I think they should be in jail. I think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at the Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. Do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless endangerment? Absolutely. The First Amendment does not protect fraudulent speech. If you're, if you say something that is fraudulent, you're not protected. It just seems like that way madness lies because the government will always come up with a pretext for saying your speech is not just wrong, it's criminal and you need to be shut down. Well, we have, I don't know, but I do believe that prosecutors and judges make decisions about what's fraud all the time. He's not a real free speech advocate, and he's not especially thoughtful about the principles or people he endorses. After all, this is a man who once heaped praise on the socialist dictator Hugo Chavez, touting his bogus literacy programs and commitment to democracy. So what would RFK Jr. do in the White House? And is it fair to hold 15-year-old soundbites against him, as some of his fans that I've sparred with have claimed? One thing I'll say for RFK Jr. is that unlike most politicians, he's been extraordinarily consistent in his views. He thinks the world is divided into heroes and villains. All right, that's enough of that. So um, Nate in the group said, seems like clips taken out of context. That's uh, that's possible. I think a lot of that also pertains to earlier in the video, uh, some of his clips about vaccines and stuff. Uh, same thing, some stuff taken out of context. What he did do, you know, I listened to his Rogan interview and he'll say, uh, he'll make a claim and then he'll say, well, and you need to, you know, look it up and do the research. And I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, this is beyond my realm of expertise. Uh, and, and of course, those things get cut out of the conversation uh, when when people are talking about what RFK Jr. said. So I still think that a lot of the points she just made are correct when he talks about the CIA or, or pharma and the FDA uh, or the USDA and Monsanto. He typically is going to blame the companies for corrupting these institutions. And it's going to be more taking away the corporation's power over the FDA and the USDA, then it's going to be taking away power from those agencies. And I don't think he's great on free speech. However, out of context, that last part was taken. Um, is he actually anti-nuclear energy? I haven't looked at that one yet. That one, um, maybe his opinions have changed on that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I want to I know what he thinks about nuclear energy. Uh, so... My problem is, is, um, so uh, Magoo said RFK is still liberal and liberals are terrible. Yeah. Um, that's, that's basically what's happening right now. Is he better than all of the other ones? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Although 
I think his views for welfare programs and wealth inequality and climate and uh, a lot of these things are going to be some of the same that we have right now. Only we'll have someone who's going to maybe take back the 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 COVID lockdown type situations that we have for four years. If he makes it that long, given his family history, if he got elected, I'm sorry. There's I have no evidence that he would make it through an entire term. And, you know, sorry to sorry to put it that way. And then what? And so my question is. As a libertarian, can I support someone who doesn't get at the underlying problem? This is tough. This is really tough. Is he even as good as a conservative that might chip away at the power structure a little bit? Or is he better than that? Because we, we like what he's saying. He's a little bit more extreme than a bunch of the conservatives are going to be on these issues. Should libertarians only vote for straight up, strictly pure libertarians? That way we never feel the sense of winning an election our entire lives. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I want to know what he would do to fix the problems. And if he is just going to say that we need a better director of the FBI or a better director of the CIA or people who have the right morals to be running the FDA, he, at one point, which they point out in the video, he talked about we need stricter scrutiny on the medications, that they're actually, it's too easy to get medications onto the market. We've got the exact opposite problem. Actually, we've always talked about that. And then we get the COVID drug, which is on the market immediately, and we don't want to take it. Uh, it. Part of my issue was that they didn't do long enough term tests on it. So there's a balancing act on that. But we've always talked about how hard it was to get medications to market. A lot of his problems are that the FDA has been bought out by these pharmaceutical corporations, and they make it too easy for these pharmaceutical corporations to get drugs out there. And so he wants... He wants to take away this massive corporate power structure that we have. I don't know, guys. It's just, I'm mad about COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff that happened. Um, I'm trying not to let that force me into being uh, one of the libertarian RFK pushers. Um, I don't know. And then that, <laughs> Jeff said, libertarians should vote for Trump. Um would, would you be kind of getting the same thing? You know, Trump's going to be out for blood this time around. He might just hit the delete button on all the agencies. He might take away more power from these agencies than RFK is going to. RFK's plan is to put angels in power. Maybe Donald Trump is just going to delete stuff altogether when it comes to these agencies. And so will we get a more libertarian solution from Trump this time around? Maybe. And we get better economic policies too. So if libertarians are not going to support a libertarian, that's a great question, I think. Which is better, Trump or RFK Jr.? It's clearly Trump, in my opinion. But I don't know. I've, I've not voted for the guy twice now. I don't know if I'm going to do it this time around. I'm in Tennessee. It doesn't matter. You know, Republicans going to win, whoever the nominee is. So... That's easy for me to say. I'm going to get, do my virtue signal vote out there. Okay, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. It's one of our listeners, uh, ANCAP Trucker. Is he in here today? No, don't, don't see him. Don't see him. Okay, I wanted to get over to this. It was a nice little economic conversation. 
And I think economics is the most important thing, which is what I first judge a presidential candidate on are their economic ideas. And RFK easily fails that test. Trump does better on the test than RFK Jr. does. Um, so our friend Ancap Trucker posted, communism and socialism are in effect theft of the fruit of one's labor that makes them by default slavery and therefore morally abhorrent. Correct. Correct. You cannot make a moral argument for stealing the fruits of people's labor and giving it to other people. You just can't. It's not moral. We're going to take the moral high ground here. Now, this person, this commie says, ANCAP's literally just repurposing anti-capitalist, anti-capitalist critiques of capitalism, zero self-awareness. ANCAP trucker says that I'm right. This guy says, no, you're not. The only reason, here's the important part, the only reason business owners make profit is through the theft of excess labor value of their employees. That is the economic reality we live in. Well, that's not true. Because excess labor value of their employees is false. That is not a thing that exists. That could only exist if you think that the capitalist or the business owner brought no value to the table. There was a photo going around and uh, it might actually still be in the show notes here. Let me, let me look and see. I, I wanted to talk about it for a while. Give me a second here, guys. Let me see if it's still hanging out in the show notes. Do, do, do. Yep, it is. How about that? Here's a great example. Okay. I don't know what these pieces are. I don't know what these little plastic pieces are. If someone in the group knows what these little plastic pieces are, you can tell me. Uh, they're just little round plastic pieces, and I guess that's not super important for what this meme is showing. Um, this person says, I have to work an hour before I can afford to buy three of these. And then they say, I make 3,000 of them every hour. So this person makes 3,000 of them every hour, and after that hour, they can only afford to buy three of them. And the caption on here says, this is unironically one of the most concise and easy-to-understand explanations of profit and labor I have ever seen. So, it, once again, I become, I'm become very envious of people who see things like this, and then they think that the whole world has just been explained to them, and that things are actually this simple and easy to understand. Uh, they're not. They're easy if you're this simple-minded or if you just haven't had your mind opened up to uh, the rest of the story. Whatever this thing is, for the purposes of talking about this on the podcast, so I don't have to just keep saying whatever this just, whatever this is, I know that they're, that they're not carabiners, but I'm just going to call it a carabiner because when I first saw the photo, I was like, oh, is that a carabiner? And I was like, oh, no, that's not what that is. I'm going to call it that for fun for the purposes of talking on the podcast to people who aren't going to see what's actually in the photo, for anyone who's actually watching the video. If you're talking about a little carabiner right here, and this person making 3,000 of them every hour, did this guy make 3,000 of them? What about this gigantic building that he's standing in right now? I mean, this is a big warehouse building that he is in currently. There's tons of machinery that's helping this guy make three. I, I doubt he's sitting there whittling out of a piece of plastic 3,000 of these things every hour. 
Okay, there's machines inside this building that are actually doing this. He probably moves one thing from one table to another, and that's fine. Okay, that's, that's totally fine. What about all the materials that go into making that thing, that he's making 3,000 of them every single hour? Are they plastic? Are they metal? How did they get those materials? What resources did they have to mine or create in a lab uh, to create these materials and, and make the molds for these things and uh, for this guy to say that he makes 3,000 of them every hour? How did those materials get there? Did, did he go out there into the forest and find the materials for them and, and, and melt them down, mix things together, come up with the compound formulation for it? Uh, to put all this stuff together. And then did he get all of it and drive all of it to the, to the warehouse that he built with his own hands out of other materials that he went out into nature and created so he could build this warehouse where he could make 3,000 of these things every hour? No. He walked in. He hit a button. He clocked in, punched the time card, whatever it was. <laughs> Jeff said his women co-workers can only buy two and so he's, he doesn't know how lucky he is honestly he walked into the place he clocked in and he started hitting a button or he started moving a tray around or something like that and that's him making 3,000 of those every hour but what about all the other stuff that went into it it's not like the business owner's keeping the money from the other 2700 There's a shipping cost. There's material costs. The electricity costs of this gigantic building. The building has costs. They probably haven't paid for it yet. There's tons of other workers. They got to pay the government a bunch of money. Okay? So no, he didn't make 3000 of them. The capital that the business owner put in has value. You know how you know that capital has a lot of value, you go to places where they have plenty of workers and no capital, like countries in Africa. Just say, I'll pull a random one. I don't know what state that they're in right now, but um, Nigeria. Plenty of workers, not enough capital. Are all the workers doing fine, keeping all of their, the value of their labor and keeping all of the fruits of their labor? there's not enough labor to go around because there hasn't been enough capital brought into the country or risked in that country to put all of that labor to use. It's just a bunch of people who know how to labor. That's it. And so when you say that this labor has been stolen from the employee, that anything charged above what the employee got paid is a stolen part of their wages, you are denying the fact that capital has a value, and that all of those things we mentioned that went into making this have value in this equation. It's not just you standing there hitting buttons or moving a tray around or whatever it is that you're doing. That's not the only value that goes into making this product. All of the other things had to happen for you to be able to do that. And all those things had to be created before you could come in and do that. People like to say, well, if I wasn't here hitting these buttons and moving this tray around, well, the, the business owner wouldn't make any money. Okay, that's true. You got to have people to come in and do that. But before you could come in and do that, all of those other things had to happen. And people completely ignore it. They choose to ignore it or they're just ignorant or they're so upset and they're so envious. 
They're so mad that people have more than they do. They're so victimized and they're so entitled that it never crosses their mind. I don't know which one it is. All right, folks, I'm done. That's the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit like, join the Fed Haters Club at joingml.com. Do all of those things. We're going to Freedom Fest. I'm going to try to record some little videos and post them here in the group in the Discord uh, with me and Charlie hanging around since we're not going to be going live for every uh, interview this week. Uh, but we'll let you know how things are going. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell them to listen to Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we want to put an episode out. If you do all those things, I'll, I'll be back. And so will Charlie, I promise. I promise we will be back live on Monday. Yes, on Monday. If you're going to Freedom Fest, come and hang out with us. Come and say, hey, come by our booth and uh, we'll talk and we'll have fun and we'll be friends. If you do all those things, we'll talk to you soon. Until then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>